everybody. It is Dave and Jeff. It is February 1st, 2022. Dave, where were you five years ago tonight? We were in Bubba's garage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Five years ago tonight. I think it was a day show too. Yeah. Wasn't a night show. Yeah. I was a month away from starting at Upper Deck. So I had plenty of time on my hands, <laughs> and uh, which is funny. And and just looking back, and I don't. Do you remember anything about the first show? Somebody told me something about the first show. Um, I have a basic idea because I never really wanted to do this. I always just yeah. thought I was trying to talk you into it for a few months. Yeah, and I was like, ah, you can't monetize it. There's nothing there. And then we did it. I think. I think the first show might have been Chargers. Yeah, because the Chargers just left. That's right. And we, we felt like, you know, it was funny. I was just in Denver. And I was uh, telling some of these stories over the weekend about everything that happened. And then I, I had a long conversation today with Jim Trotter. Yeah. And we were talking about different things going on. And I, I just was saying, you know, the, the <laughs> how, how people change the narrative to make it convenient to what they want to believe. That's all we do. Yeah. And, and I just, I've said it. I, Dave's the same thing. We were not charger fans. So as we watched that whole thing develop, like you knew what the end result was going to be. And every time when we talked about the end result, people like, well, stop doing scare tactic radio. Yeah. And it was, it was really funny. I think the one guy who loved it every day was Brian Long. Yeah, the one guy. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there were people that as as the race kind of as 2015 was wrapping up and we were getting into 2016, I felt like the shows that we were putting on every day were responsible. I felt like we were giving a fair message. I didn't feel like we were preaching for Dean. Um, I felt like we were just trying to tell you, hey, listen... When 70% of you say, we're not going to give you any land, yeah. we're not going to give you any tax money, we're not going to give you any tax breaks, and oh, by the way, we don't think you're leaving, that's a dangerous game. Because on the other side, the NFL was telling Dean, uh, either work it out in San Diego or take your one chance to go to L.A. because Mark Davis, who's second in line behind you, has already said he's going to take that lottery And ticket. people forget that. They forget that part. Yeah. That if Dean didn't go. Mark he, Davis was in. Yeah. And it would be the Raiders and Rams at SoFi right now. And, and, the, and yeah. Mark Davis would be paying his way. A hundred percent. And the, the remember at the same time, the Chargers were saying all along, Southern California can't support three teams. Right. So you're fucked. Right. You have the Raiders and you have the Rams in LA. The Rams hundred percent didn't want the Raiders because no. all their research showed the Raiders were the number one team. For sure. And the Chargers were like, well, shit, we've been getting a lot of people that come down to support the NFL down here. Those They're all going to disappear. Yeah. And we're, and, we're screwed. And and listen, you know, we get it. But I just remember that night telling the stories. And, and I'm we're not taking Dean off the hook. Dean did a lot of things wrong in this town. We've yeah. already said it. But I just feel like that first show five years ago was a lot just kind of telling that. And maybe went for like half hour, 40 minutes. And Bubba, God bless him, man. Like Bubba, who was my neighbor, and we would go into his garage with Opie the cat. (laughs) And Bub would always be watching like Red Bull TV and knew everything, right? Like all these channels we have on Roku. Yeah. 
Bubba was streaming so far ahead, and I was like, I don't get any of what he's doing, right? Like Bubba was watching the shit you watch when you're at Islands, and those TVs are playing behind your head. Yes! <laughs> but he was so good, man. And, and I mean, from a neighbor's standpoint, um, my family loved him. He, he had two little boys, but, but he was the guy. He had bought all the equipment. Yeah, he did. And he was going to do his own podcast, and you and I just walked over there one day, and he's like, yeah, I can help you. Dave, I, I don't think this show, I really don't. Like, I started laughing, thinking about it last night. Man, if it's not for Bub, I don't know that this thing ever launched. No, and then when we moved it here, because he had two little kids, uh, and, yeah. and he had a crazy schedule as a, he was a plumber. Yeah. He had a crazy schedule that I literally had to go to his house, and he had to train me on how to do all this. Yeah. As much as he gave me shit, like he gave me a ton of notes, which I've handed out the same notes that he gave me to probably 20 other people that now have podcasts. Yeah. That's really, uh, dude, that's why I said in the post that I put out, like how much I appreciate him. I don't see him. His, his kids were getting bigger and he and his wife bought a house with a big backyard and, and I was just there. It's just at the condo yeah. right now. And, uh, yeah, I miss him because he was a guy that everybody has it, that neighbor where you're like, you always look forward to seeing them and then they move away. But man, if it wasn't right, I'm not crazy on that. No. If it wasn't for Bub, and I think he figured out, I don't even remember where it went early on. I think it went to iTunes and Stitcher and maybe it still goes there. It does. Um, I think we had a buddy, Eddie, uh, was great. And Eddie helped build the website. Yeah. Right. And, and God bless Eddie, one of Josh's friends and one of our favorite guys around here, man. Like, and, and then, you know, Flukes came in and Brian Curry came in. Uh, Al Taylor came in and then Dan Williams came in. Yeah. Ryan and, Barkley came in. Right. Ryan yep. Barkley came. Right. Yeah. He now lives in San Antonio. Damn, dude. Yeah. Barkley Landscaping, man. Yep. I love those dudes. Ryan and his dad. Exactly, Dave. I would have, oh, God, I would have felt like a complete moron. Yeah, Barkley Landscaping kept the ship moving. And and so, yeah, just sit back and, and think about where it was five years ago. And then we came in and told radio stories, right? Dicked yeah. around. Mark Grant was one of our first guests. He came in. Brett Boone came yep. in. C.S. Keys came in. Yep. Katie came in. Right? Like, yep. we're bringing everybody into Bub's garage. Yeah, Bubba lost his mind when he brought Woods in. Stevie Woods came in. Dude, that's the great thing, right? Yeah. And how about, Dave, how crazy is it that that day was Steve's seventh anniversary on the San Diego market? Yeah. So, shout out to my boy. Um, But, yeah, Bub was so fired up to meet Woods. And it's just so funny because we didn't know him. We liked him immediately. Yeah. Right, and now it's just like we just fuck with that guy all the time. But he's the best guy in the world. So happy anniversary to Steve, man! I love that. Twelve years in this market, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was he was doing uh, Mikey's show, and God, Dave, I just remember when we would talk to to Steve about all the different things going on at iHeart and all the stupid shit they had him yeah. doing, like they had Ernie doing, yeah. And finally, ten ninety figured it out and got Togerson out the fucking door and then put, because it was Ben and Togerson. And they, oh, yeah. And they ran Togerson out. They said, you know what? We're going to bring a little pizzazz in. Yeah. They brought in edgy Steve. 
and then uh, and things have been great. Yeah, and no, put worked Polly out well. on that show. So yeah, worked out. Worked out. If it's well. not for listen, yeah. If it's not for that show, Paul doesn't meet Megan. Yeah, that's true. And dude, she probably marries Corey Stewart. <laughs> So yeah, that is so. Damn I, I don't know how we would get any credit for that, but we're just gonna say, Megan, you're welcome. Yeah, that is hilarious. That is so funny. But yeah, pretty fun. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, it's it is wild that this thing has gone that way. Now, when we left, um, we left radio. People always go, "What are you? What are you doing?" And it was it was Josh that gave me the idea that this is the way to go. He goes, "Young yeah. people don't want to be told when to listen. Yeah, they want to listen on their own time. Yeah." And, and we, we see that how it works out. I mean, as soon as I post the show, we have people in our in our audience that listen immediately. Yeah. And then we have people that listen at three in the morning whenever they wake up. Yeah. And then they get really frustrated if we're on a schedule and going, wait a second, I plan on listening to you guys today. And then yeah. we have the guys who don't pay for Patreon that wait for the Friday shows and will send me a million emails before I release them. Are you going to release them today? You're going to release them? I got to work today. You're going to release them? Wow. And people want the shows nonstop. So... The audience has, has been outstanding. The people yeah. that have followed us have been great. Yeah. The last year, basically, we were at 1360. The reason, you know, I get frustrated with Brian Long, we were preaching to the choir the whole time. Yeah. And we were doing the same show every day because uh, he asked us to, and it killed the show. And it really might have been the best thing to happen to us. Yeah. Because in 2015, the show was rolling. 2016, it took a beating because well, we were told to do the same show every day. And, and nobody wanted to hear, your wife's leaving you, basically. Yeah, I just remember 2015, I remember being really into that story, really into it and working every angle that we could to try to get the right, we were trying to do it the right way every day, right, without coming out and just saying, hey, by the way, we're goddamn Raider fans, so we don't have any reason, and I don't really remember the Chargers pushing us to deliver any particular No, they weren't message. at all. Um, I remember being incredibly unimpressed with this stadium coalition that was put together. All nice people, um, but nobody there where you go, well, any of these guys can move the needle. It, yeah. was, it was a marketing guy. It was Adam from Viejas, who's a great dude, but admittedly wasn't a sports fan. Jim Steig, I love, but Jim had a terrible ending with the Chargers and not that Jim wouldn't be straight up in everything he did but that was kind of a weird thing Faulkner was a fucking dipshit he was and, and is a dipshit to this day Scott, never understood the magnitude of the NFL no Scott Sherman tried <laughs> tried to flex his muscles right and telling us who was going to get Jacksonville let the Chargers leave we'll go get the Jaguars god dang and then uh and then just going out to like just building like, hey, man, we got to be at that Spreckles Theater. We have to show the NFL that we're here, stand proud. I, I don't remember that St. Louis had a huge attendance at their thing. I remember we did shows from across the street. We're up on the roof of the Grant Hotel, yeah. and we we're looking down on Spreckles, and we we're building up, man, this is going to be our night. And then he got in there, and there's like... God damn, it looked like a crowd for Gallagher. You're like, there's a <laughs> hundred people here, right? Boltman shows up and we're like, oh, this town's yeah. done. The NFL could not be less impressed. Yeah, it was terrible. Crowd. Yeah. Now, the only thing that was great was 
you and I sat next to that girl. Um, oh, damn. She just, uh, she was on Fox Sports San Diego. Um, she did some of those rap, God dang it, dark I'm, hair. I'm trying to blink. Yeah, really cool. Um, she she kind of, she hosted like Padres POV a couple of okay. years ago. God damn it. So nice. And and we just hung out and because she was really nice and was saying, hey, you guys cover this every day. What's your thoughts? And, but I just remember thinking, man, like we're in trouble. And then they got, you know, they got the call from the governor for a year. And we just wanted to give everybody like four months off to recharge. And 1360 was like, yeah, you got to keep going on it. I was like, dude, it's like playing Christmas music yeah. on the 28th. And everybody had hit the wall. I get it. Because yeah. we didn't need the panic right then. We needed four months to get our ducks in a row and then get back after it. But anyways, the point being is that I I really didn't have... I was completely fine with leaving iHeart when oh, I yeah. left. I, I hated every part of that building. I didn't hate every part. I, I hated the management. Uh, yeah, Long's a moron. And Melissa Forrest had... Nice. You know, she's got seven FM she's trying to run. She she didn't give a shit about anything going on on the AM. What, who blames her? She was cool, but she um she had things to do. And then sales staff had completely checked out yeah, on 1360. So you're like, let's get out. Like people were telling me in Denver. <laughs> like sombreros. That was it. Sombreros. Oh, God, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy at the end who says we cater to. Yeah. Like in that Speedy yeah, Gonzalez it sounds voice? racist as hell. Every time. Yeah, I hate it. It's but, ridiculous. But I was told yesterday that iHeart's big deal is that they're cutting salaries across the board and trying to encourage talent saying, hey, you're going to make a lot more in ad libs. Yeah, that's the best line. Whenever you get a job God. in radio, that's the best. Holy. That's yeah. good because uh, inflation's going down. So that's good. Yeah, cost of living's going down. <laughs> cost of everything. Yeah. Houses, gas, just dropping. So when you take that pay cut, you aren't going to feel it. But uh, but yeah, man. So Holy we just shit. went in and did that. And then, God damn, a whole lot changed over the next year from suicide to divorce to more suicide and all kinds of crazy shit. And this show really evolved, and you guys were nice enough to hang with it. That was pretty cool. Someone told me the first show we did that you, um, you know, you came out on fire, and you somehow you ended up talking about Club and Seals. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Not like you were in Fort, but it, no. somehow that was dropped in there. They told me you got to go back and listen to those first shows. They're fucking hilarious. Just Is talking about right? Club and Seals. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, you just, it was kind of the same thing because we were just sitting there doing the show for Bub. Yeah. It, yeah, we we're just hanging out, goofing off, like not paying any attention at all. But yeah, really, really fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's it. It was, it was, it was been fast. It's been a fast five years for sure. Oh my gosh. So you just got back from Denver yeah. this morning almost, right? <laughs> yeah, M- middle late of the last night. night. Yeah. You have a good time? Was it nice to get out of oh, San Diego? Yeah. I'm telling you, the absolute greatest. And, and I don't mean getting away from San Diego. Because you go, yeah, and I don't know how, Dave. I haven't spent a lot of time in Denver. Like it's a really easy flight; it's yeah. just a couple hours, and an awesome city. And flew in on Wednesday, and the weather like there's snow on the ground, but it's probably like sixty degrees. 
And so I just started walking around downtown and, and everybody was like, ah, oh, how's the altitude? You're 5280. I just drinking water, stay hydrated. I didn't have any issues. So I had gotten a hotel Wednesday night and we were going to head to Winter Park. Julie Brownman and I were heading to Winter Park on Thursday, but she had to work to like six. So I go, ah, no problem. Like the weather's great. I'm cruising around, checking out different areas. I'm like, yeah, this will be fine. So I get up in the morning, have breakfast at the hotel, go up. I'm just kind of hanging out. And then I'm like, yeah, I guess I better get packed and, and get out. So when I had gone downstairs at like nine in the morning, yeah, it was a little rainy, a little yeah. overcast, right? I come up watching Sports Center, not really paying attention. So I start packing. And Dave, I open up the window and the entire city is under two feet of snow. <laughs> and now I have six hours to kill, right? And I'm like, oh my God. But just, it was awesome. We did that. And then um, Thursday night, we drove to Winter Park where, where Julie bought a condo. And it was easily... So we were there Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Drove back into Denver yesterday, and then I flew home last night. But but we're we're big believers in celebrating wins. And when your friend has the opportunity to buy a condo, and she's excited because it's going to be a rental property, so there's you know decisions on rugs and hanging pictures, and the rest of the time is just laughing and Good. having a blast with one of your closest friends. It was great. It was absolutely great. And then yesterday she had to work weather again was, I think it was 61 in Denver. And so I was running around, went down by Coors field and checked out the whole ballpark district, similar to what they have down in the lower village. And she sends me a message, Dave at, uh, about two o'clock, and she said, Hey, I'll meet you at 4 30. We'll go get a bite to eat, and I'll get you out to the airport. And I was like, All right, well, I got like two and a half hours to kill. I could probably go left or right or whatever. And when you and I talk about it, it's funny that tonight would be the fifth anniversary of the podcast because I feel like it wouldn't be very hard for us to look back and go five memorable shows. Yeah. I think we would agree on those, like if we wrote them down. Yeah. I think we would know almost immediately what those five are for both of us. And I think a lot of them would be the same choices. But when I think back on shows at KFMB, there are a couple that stand out. We've talked about being on the air on 9-11. Uh, but one for me that I remember standing out was being on the air for Columbine. Yeah, it was the first, for me at least, it was the first major school shooting I can think of. Yeah, and... We had a buddy, Wayne Hagen, who was the voice of the Rockies, who lived in Littleton, Colorado, and we put him on. And I just remember we did, like, our show at night, we figured you've been in traffic all day, you've been dealing with your boss yeah. all day, like, you just want to have some fun. But I remember just telling that story. I, I had never been to Denver. I didn't have kids at that point in 99. Um, but I feel like it impacted us a lot. And yeah. then, unfortunately, we had Santana. We had Granite Hills. And then we had some other things. A couple of years later, it's 9-11. But that Columbine story has always kind of stayed with me, just remembering. Because we, I mean, that's April of 99, Dave. We had only wow. been on the air for like seven months. And we had really just started doing Monday through Friday, I think, yeah. before that. So that was probably... That's probably the first night 
where we kind of had to change on the fly and kind of show what we could do. Yeah. Right. And let people call in and share their emotions. And ironically, uh, I went out to Columbine. I went out there yesterday. I spent two hours at this memorial that they built. Is it on the campus? It's on a hillside back behind the campus. And it's absolutely unbelievable. It's such a beautiful memorial to the people that lost their lives that day. And then you just, it's just insanely moving. And when you're reading, there's an individual plaque for each of the, the victims, 13 victims that day. And the plaque includes memories written by the family. And one of the young men that died, part of the plaque includes a text message that he sent to his father the night before, which said, I love you, Dad. I'll see you tomorrow. And then as you're looking at the plaque, it says April 19th, 1999. The shooting was April 20th. Um, And then you just, you know, you walk down. The front of the school has been changed. You know, it's been remodeled. It looks different, but you still see a lot from what was there. And so I, I got to get back to Denver now. It's been a, you know, hour and a half, two hours out there just paying respects. Guy picks me up in a Uber and he goes, Hey, you know, what's going on? So I just said, ah, you know, kind of gave him the background. San Diego did talk radio that night. He goes, man, I tell you what, he goes, I'm glad you're here. He said, probably my closest girlfriend, not my girlfriend. But my, yeah. He said, dude, on that day, she was in that high school. Wow. And he said, she's laying on the floor, and that fucking guy blew her friend's head off her shoulders. Wow. So he's like, you know, you hear stories, people get shot, they do it in the movies. Yeah. And you get shot, everybody falls clean, nobody messes up their makeup. He's like, she deals with that pain every day. So he's like, if you're out here paying tribute, paying respects. He's like, dude, that's all cool, man. And so he was great. Like, and, and it just, I I was with, just with my kids tonight. I hadn't seen them in a week and, and thinking about them and their high school buddies and being a parent and just looking out there and, and remembering Dave where that, where the show was then and where we are now. Yeah. I I don't know. Everybody does their own thing. I'm not going to say, Hey, if you get to Denver, go out there but if you ever find yourself in littleton colorado they encourage you to go to the memorial yeah just like they do in new york yeah it's the same thing and it's beautiful man and every one of those you just read those stories and it's crazy when you realize those those kids we all think of them as 15 they're all they were all born in like 1984 yeah and 83 and you start doing the math, you're like, shit, man, these kids would be 38, 39 years old and kids of their own right now. So, yeah, it was uh, like after five days of just goofing off and living a good life and, and celebrating with a close friend, uh, I, don't, I don't need shit like that to keep my life in perspective. I'm able to do that on my own. But, uh, yeah, incredibly moving and kind of a cool way to wrap the trip. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, good for you for going out and doing it. That's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. And then... The crazy thing is in, in where you grew up as a kid. There was a, a So shooting. then today, uh, my hometown is Richfield, Minnesota. And what's in, insanely frustrating is I see my sister on social media 
write a post saying, hey, I graduated from Richfield High School, class of 1980. Pays no attention to my brother who graduated class of 81. She's for good <laughs> Red light Kim. But she said, my hearts are with the people of Richfield today. You know, and mentioned something about the shooting. Dave, we've become so callous to school shootings. No shit. That there was not, and I follow a wide variety. I don't just follow Erica. Yeah. I, I follow <laughs> a wide variety of different people and news sources and everything else on social media. So much of it's so fun because of the friends we've made and, and keep it light and, and keep it going. Dave, there was not one fucking thing about a school shooting where a kid was killed. Yeah. It wasn't 29 or 13. It was one. I had to go search in Twitter. Even when you went to what was trending, we become so callous to yeah. school shootings. There's nothing about Richfield. It's And if it wasn't Richfield and it was just small town Oklahoma, I wouldn't have looked. I wouldn't have even known. It happened on a school campus, and we've gotten so accustomed to it that I had to go into the search bar and type Richfield, and then it came up, oh, 200 tweets, and somebody had written a story like, oh, yeah, kid killed where I grew up. My my brother and sister, it wasn't at Richfield High School. It was at a new school that helps kids. I, I read from anywhere from 7 to 21, so I don't know if it was kids with learning disabilities. It doesn't matter. I know every square inch of that town. It's and and 24 hours after I'm on the campus at Columbine, it hits where I went from kindergarten through seventh grade, where my brother and sister went from kindergarten to where they graduated. We're friends today, still live in that community. And nobody we just don't give a fuck anymore. It's just, you know, thoughts it's and prayers. Thoughts and prayers, man. And then you forget we about it 30 that. seconds later. We got to protect that fucking Second Amendment, man. Holy shit. It How embarrassing. Crazy. It is embarrassing. That's the right word. It's pathetic. Yeah. It, it, it is, it's amazing. I we mean, literally, after- we literally have learned nothing since the Columbine thing. From from the bookends of my 24 hours, where we yeah. were to where we are. Well, the whole nothing country. Is fucking I think changed. a lot of people are so affected by Columbine. Sandy and, Hook. Yeah. And then to see what has happened since. I would never have imagined from Columbine to now that things have gotten to the point yeah. where you don't even pay attention to those stories. It doesn't It doesn't even show up. It doesn't even show up. You go, fuck, man. You sent somebody in my hometown sent their kid to school today, and that kid is not there tonight. Yeah. Just as in April 20th, 1999, 13 different sets of parents set their kids to Columbine High School in a beautiful town of Littleton, Colorado. And to this day, they're wondering what the fuck happened so that, you know, to to Diebolt and, and Harris and those guys uh, that, that made those two kids snap and fucking d- kill 15 different families, Ridiculous. including their own, right? And you just go, God damn. But here's the other thing. This is the thing about the podcast. If we tried to do this show today on iHeart, oh, hey, what are you doing? Hey, don't you guys have Brian Dutcher scheduled? (laughs) Fuck are you doing? Huh? 
they're going to piss off AB Plumbing or whoever the fuck the sponsor of the day was. Hey, just wrap it up and get to traffic, okay? Mark Egan's standing by. <laughs> Nobody needs you two sacks of shit on your soapbox. Save it, all right? We got Bob and Harry's fucking shooting range in Hamul. You're going to cover their money? Smart guy? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, fuck, man. Nah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Going back to, uh, to, to, to a lighter note. Yeah. When you guys were in Denver, obviously the Broncos run that entire city. Oh, fuck. They get a, they get a new coach, but how big of a topic was the NFL in these games? That Huge. Had? It was great. Well, a couple of different things. So it was very funny. I had Mark Schlereth yesterday. Yeah. He does morning radio. And they were talking like <laughs> they're big. This was funny. Their big topic was the Broncos have sucked for six years. Can we still celebrate Kansas City's demise? Fuck yeah, we can celebrate. We hate the Chiefs around here. Oh my gosh. So it was pretty funny, right? Because yeah. they're like, well, we suck. Do we even have the right to say anything? Yeah, screw it. Um, so Nathaniel Hackett gets hired yeah. as the Broncos head coach. So as a Viking fan and a Raider fan, I've obviously been paying attention to all these dummies coming through, right? And Hackett was kind of that guy that had a whole lot of hype, but you and I love USC football, and Paul Hackett did nothing for that no, program. No, Ran it right into the ground. Right. 100%. So, Made him irrelevant. Yeah. So Nathaniel Hackett, the feeling was, yeah. because he was popular in Green Bay, he's going to be the first domino, and who knows, he might be, and the next domino will be his close friend, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And then it's on. And then it's on. Then all of a sudden, you have Mahomes, you have Rodgers, oh, you have... It doesn't matter, Dave. It's Rodgers and everybody else. Justin, well, and then the talk is that it's Russell Wilson coming to the Raiders. Yeah. That's a hell of a division of quarterbacks. So, uh... But the best one would be Rodgers, right? MVP. It's going to win MVP again. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert's pretty goddamn good, He's too, good, but, but, but right now, you would yeah. say, hey, shoot back-to-back -back MVP, right? Yeah. Hosted Jeopardy. Hosted Jeopardy. No family friends, only focus on football. Yeah. Answer all your questions about Danica. That's it. That's interesting. So they uh, they announced Nathaniel Hackett is the guy. I think he got hired on Thursday. My days kind of run into okay. each other. And then Friday was the press conference, 3 o'clock. So all the local stations up there carry uh, the press conference. So the first guy to speak is George Payton, the GM. Dave, this guy talks for 15 minutes. Well, I just want to thank everybody that was a part of this. And then thanks everybody that was a part of it. <laughs> and then, so it's my great pleasure to introduce the next head coach of the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett. It's all media, so nobody applauds or does. You know, usually yeah. they bring a bunch of PR dummies like Yaffe to sit in there and clap oh, and be all excited, right? Who yeah. else would be in there? Yaffe, Ed. Jen. Jen. <laughs> uh, Jordan Bean. He doesn't have anything to do. Beaner, sit down there and goddamn clap. When they introduce him, JB, you clap like your goddamn at Garth Brooks concert. Got I'm it, coach. I'm sure they didn't call him Beaner. 
Maybe beanie, not beaner. Yeah. It wouldn't be the last name, Dave. I got it. I don't discriminate against It sounds bad. I have great relationships with all my friends in Tijuana. I don't use those kind of... from Sombreros is like, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, right. He'd be the one guy. (laughs) Yeah, he'd probably be the one guy right now going, hey, man, can we avoid that? Sure. Sure. Lesson learned. They called him JB. How about that? Okay. So they bring this guy, Nathaniel Hackett. What the fuck's the matter with you? They had a deal on Beaner. <laughs> Every guy. So they bring this guy, Nathaniel Hackett, yeah. up to the podium. Whew. Am I dreaming? And you're like, oh, boy. Oh, this guy. Well, I just got to tell you, everybody, hey, how we all doing out there? How we doing? Jesus. And you're like, oh, fuck off. This guy's hosting New Year's Eve. Calm down. Yeah, Harry Happy Guy, Ryan Rara. Boy, I tell you what, this is a great day. My family's right here in the front row. I had the opportunity to meet Mr. Elway today. Mr. Elway, I'm not lying. I would love that signed jersey that we talked about. That's going to hang on my wall in my office every day to remind me how lucky I am to be a part of the And you're just like, can this guy go in the corner and fuck off? <laughs> so I'm dying, right? I'm dying. Julie is a, is a Broncos fan. Yeah. And I'm like, can you believe this dipshit got the job? And she's like, ah, you know, he's excited. I'm like, he's a fucking joke. I go, you think any of those assholes, uh, that shitty six and uh, 11 team of yours, are going to listen to this when this asshole's lost three in a row? Because he's going to be this guy. Hey, that one's on me today, folks. Yeah. That one's on me. Well, what the fuck's it going to be, Nathaniel, when you've lost four in a row? Who's it on then? Um, but I couldn't talk much shit because at the same time, the Broncos were hiring Ted Lasso. The fucking Raiders are hiring Josh McDaniels. Yeah. And boy, if you want to know who's the equivalent of Mike McCoy for the Broncos, it's Josh McDaniels. And they were laughing and laughing and laughing everywhere. In Denver, they were laughing because they had him. They knew he was shit. And they thought he was a complete dope. Do you believe, though, he can mature? Like he's changed? Well, that's what he says, right? He was 45. I'll be honest with you. I kind of like the fact that Mark Davis, who that was always the Raider way. Well, the Raider way has been shit for a long time. Yeah. That he went with the front office of the Patriots, and he went with a different coach. It went completely one out of the organization. I thought he was going to go with Ed Dodds. See, to me, Ed Dodds was the guy that I was the most excited about, who's the assistant GM for the Colts. And the story was yeah. that when Ed Dodds worked for the Raiders, yeah. He was so loved by Al Davis that he's the only guy that Al would let in the weight room without. It would be Al and Ed Dodds yeah, working out. I thought that was the move, too. And Dodds took himself out of the running for the Bears job and had taken himself out of the running for a couple other jobs. And, I mean, from what I was seeing, everything that I was reading up there was pretty Broncos heavy. But it felt like Ed was going to interview for that Raiders job. And to me, if you were going to do it the Raider way, which was established and lived by Al and Al alone, other than Al Locasal, maybe Jim Otto, uh, I would have thought Ed Dodds was the guy. But they go, uh, uh, what's the guy's name, Dave Ziegler? Yeah. 
and then Josh McDaniels comes in. So I mean, the Patriots have fucked up a lot of drafts, you know. So you you hope that he, well, he wasn't this guy, that guy. And this guy was that they hired was the player personnel guy in Denver. Yeah. So they they both were part they of goofed on it. Yeah, I understand. But I mean, you know, who's Denver to talk? Yeah. You no shit. You know, Paxton Lynch. No, ki- no kidding. Denver has fucked up a lot of them. Drew yeah. Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke and and some others. So, um, no, I mean, I I watched it, part of it yesterday. Yeah, yeah Dave, I mean, you hope, right? I mean, people around. So, I was just watching NFL Network from bar, see Trotter pop up. Yeah. I immediately make up a fake quote that Trotter said it was a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you're watching everybody. But I think, Dave, that's what they're saying is that uh, for McDaniels, the, right, he, yeah. he took the cold job and then backed out a couple of years ago. Um, but that he's pretty excited about this. But now you wonder, I mean, they got cap money. Yeah. They're going to have to make some decisions on Farrell. Farrell's going to be gone. I got to think Abraham's uh, or uh, Jonathan Abrams. Yeah. Uh, he's probably gone. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. When he's healthy, he's great, but he's never healthy. Fuck. It's just like Derwin James. When he's healthy, he's fantastic. When he's, and well, he's not, he's just not healthy. Well, and the guy that's really, to me, Dave, the biggest one, I, I would think Abrams is gone, but I think uh, to me, the guy that's really, really interesting is what happens with Josh Jacobs. Oh, it's funny. I thought you were going to say Carr because he has one year left on his deal. Well, Carr too, but Jacobs jumps to $10 million. Yeah. So I don't know on that. Yeah, well, he's so a guy he, battles injuries too. So if he pulls the trigger on all those guys, leaving Carr out, but just talking about yeah. the, the three guys right there, um, dude, that clears a whole lot of cap space, and then they can kind of redo it in their own personality. I think Carr stays. I think I think McDaniel's looks at Carr and says, "I'm going to keep." Carr. I can fix this guy, right? I, I mean, I, he's a playoff quarterback. He he's not. He is. He's been in the playoffs twice. He has never won a playoff game, but he's been in the playoffs two times. You know, they always talk about his fourth quarter comebacks and all this stuff. But I mean, come on, you know, you got to go deep in the playoffs, and he unfortunately he hasn't been able to do that. I mean, the thing is, you got to ask yourself what else is out there. Either you have a quarterback or you don't. Well, I mean, for instance. You look at the Titans as the number one team. The Titans, what's the one thing they're missing? They're missing a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if you put, no joke, if Aaron Rodgers somehow ended up on the Titans, they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl next but wait, year. I, I'm not looking at the numbers. Tannehill's got to be a top 15 quarterback, isn't he? I don't even know. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if I would say that. I it just never Boy. been a huge Tannehill fan. I mean, anything compared to when they had Mariota was an improvement. Yeah. But, it, and again, you have... You know, you look at what you have now, and everybody wanted to say who's better because everyone follows Justin Herbert in Southern California. Sure. And there's not a person that's not impressed with him. Yeah. Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Who do you rather? You heard that a lot right. this year. Well, you watch Joe Burrow, and you're like, it's not even a question guy's anymore. A stud. He's a stud. And you go, the guy's a, he's a freak. He wins everywhere yeah. he goes. He's so impressive of what he does. Not saying that Justin Herbert's not, but at the same time, what Joe Burrow has, has done to – Knock off the Raiders, go to Tennessee, knock off the number one team, go to yeah. Kansas City, right, and and beat the Chiefs. They don't they don't have an extremely talented team, they and they the, could win the fucking Super Bowl. Dave, they had the fifth pick in this year's draft. Yeah. They had the number one pick a year ago. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. It's really amazing what that kid has done. So you go, okay, who who's a top guy? I mean, how many Cowboy fans are wondering is Dak our guy? Yeah, you know, is Dak the guy? So would you take Dak or Carr? I was about to say I would I would say they're the same guy. 
I think I'd take Carr. Yeah, I think I think honestly they're the, they're the same guy. They're just maybe I'd a take Carr over Cousins. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want Cousins. I mean, I understand, and people say his numbers too. Fuck that. Yeah. You know, there are certain guys. That's why I'm interested to see what happens with a guy like Russell Wilson and Rodgers. But I I'll think t- there's some quarterbacks that are moving around. But, Garoppolo will probably end up with like the Steelers or something. Yeah. There, but there'll be quarterbacks moving around. Probably but, about three or four starting quarterbacks are going to be on different teams. But if I'm if the Titans want to offer Tannehill straight up for Cousins, I do that too. Yeah. I, You're I, just I, sick of his shit. I got you. Yeah. But I think that's the way the Titan fans yeah. feel about Tannehill. They are. I think They're those, done. Yeah. I think those of us that watch from the outside, you mentioned Mariota. You watching again? You don't know how much is the player, how much yep. is the scheme, the whole deal, right? Because guys, Tannehill gets out of Miami and then goes up to to Nashville and has pretty good success. And did Tom Brady's run with the Patriots? Yeah, and and now what are they doing? Right? Yep. Like where do they where do they go after all of this? There's a reason Sean Payton left. He knew he didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, that's another team, right, on the move, going. So, no, I mean, I look at. If I look at the Titans or if I look at the Raiders, I look at I go, yeah, we're, we're in a better situation than New Orleans is right now. I feel like we're in a better situation than the Broncos are right now. handful of teams you can look at, right? Yeah. I don't know if the Bears are overly confident about their quarterback situation moving forward. They shouldn't be, but you now you're, you're invested but in I mean, them because is, yeah. one year. And yeah, one year. you told everybody he's your guy. Yeah. So you have to go from there. But I, I think if I'm Tennessee and I'm going, yeah, I'm going to put Tannehill on the market, I think a bunch of teams call. I go, hey, let's go from here. But circling back to the Raiders, you know, I get it. I get that players bought into Bisaccia, right? I, I, my favorite one, by the way, on this Bisaccia deal. Yeah. Man, if the Raiders bring back Bisaccia, Casey Hayward's gone. Well, go. Yeah. Oh, Who the shit. fuck's knocking on your door? You sucked with the Chargers. You're lucky you got an offer this year. Bye. Well, what are you crazy? He played pretty well for the Raiders. He did. He, he did. But, He's an old guy. He's not an all pro guy. He's not Revis. Yeah. Calm the fuck down, everybody. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the thing Casey Edwards not going anywhere if the money stays the same. Yeah. God dang. But the wild thing is, like, you look at that staff, and all of a sudden, the guys you'd grown accustomed to, right? I mean, you got to figure Gus Bradley's out. Yeah. You got to figure Greg Olson's out. McDaniels is going to do that. And then uh, Slick Rich, he's probably going to Chicago, and he's right back to being special teams guy. Yeah. And you go, damn, man, that kind yeah. of stings. But he got a couple job interviews, though, right? I think the Dolphins and Jaguars have interest in him. Well, shit, the Jaguars can't figure out left from right. No. They don't know how the system works. That everybody's getting hired. And then all of a sudden you want to talk to certain guys, but you don't put your request in at the right time. Yeah, for Kevin O'Connell. Yep, completely fucked it up. Uh, So that whole deal. And then tomorrow, Dave, tomorrow, if you would have said this to me when we sat here a week ago, I would have said, you know, Dave, you may want to go in and be drug tested. (laughs) Tomorrow in Minneapolis, which is National Signing Day, a National Signing Day, Jim Harbaugh will not be in Ann Arbor, according to numerous reports, which he would not confirm or deny. He instead will be in Minneapolis meeting with the Vikings. And the feeling is that the Vikings want Harbaugh and Harbaugh wants that job. And the feeling is that maybe as early as tomorrow night, Harbaugh could be the next coach of the Vikes. Great. They're going to be a great hire. The guy has a better winning percentage than Bill Belichick. Amazing, Yeah. Right? Yeah, the guy has been a great coach. 
And uh, that'd be pretty wild. Yeah. I think whoever gets Jim, say whatever you want. He's a whack job. He's going to win. Yeah. But the, the feeling is the GM wants him. Jim yep. wants the job. But the feeling is that the Will family says, well, what the hell happened in San Francisco at the end to make sure that there's not a situation where Jim leaves in three years to take the Notre Dame job? Yeah, that's a, that's another one out there. That's a good one. Or takes or well, I mean, here, or takes the the Stanford job. You the know? problem with Jim was it was it was Jed York thought he yeah. was a fool. I mean, if yeah. I'm Jim, I'm going. Here's the deal: like you as big of an idiot owner as York over there. Yeah, because I thought he was a tool, and I couldn't deal with it anymore. And he couldn't deal with me. Yeah, and then Jed stepped aside, got out of the way, brought in John Lynch, and they've done a great yep. job. And it worked out. John hired Kyle Shanahan, pretty damn good, and has made great moves. Great moves, man. So here's the deal. I know you're as excited as I am. I don't know how much you watched that Rams game. I watched every play of it. Oh, my gosh, man. How pumped up were you for Weddle? I mean, he led the fucking team in tackles. He didn't come off the yeah. field. It, even when you know they needed to stop at the end, I'm watching Weddle, and I'm watching yeah. Aaron Donald, and I'm telling my wife who doesn't watch football, keep an eye on 99. This is what he's been waiting for. Yeah. But I'm watching Weddle, who looks cool as a, as a cat, man. He's just yeah. back there going... Hey, we got this. I mean, it was, it was directing everybody where they're supposed to be on every yeah. play. I, I, I can't tell you how happy I am for him. I don't know if you saw that mic'd up version. It's five minutes long of Weddle no, for the I'll whole day it. where it starts his day and he runs through the tunnel and then goes through the game and he's talking to everybody. How did they talk him into doing that? I have no idea. And then it ends. One second. Dude, call me a puss, dude. But when this thing did ends. Did you cry? And he's jumping on Andrew Whitworth and he's jumping on Stafford and Jalen Ramsey and he's just running around in his wife and kids and his mom comes out on yeah. the field yeah dude i teared up it, by by 4 30 in a five minute clip i'm tearing up for this I'm guy because him. you tell him straight out i was i was gonna write it on twitter <laughs> dude i'm not gonna lie I, I fucking cried on this thing i was i'm so happy for this guy he's just he's and we you guys have heard us say it for years we love that love him yeah the fact he came out of retirement a month ago he had no desire to play football and no one had interest in him that yeah. he's going to the fucking Super Bowl. He's already gone further than anywhere he ever went with the damn Chargers. Yeah. And here he is playing in the Super Bowl in front of his family and friends. His kids get a chance to understand the magnitude of what's going on. Yeah. And he's going to re retire as soon as the game's over, just like Whitworth will. Yeah. But, man, I, I can't tell you. There, there aren't too many things in life where you're extremely happy for a friend when something yeah. good happens. That's where I'm at right now. I'm on cloud nine with this guy. I'm so happy for, for Weddle. Well, the funny thing is, unlike Dave... I didn't just bandwagon. I've stayed in touch with him. <laughs> I mean, I text the guy. When's the last time you texted him? Check I, it. You in. know what? I didn't text him when he signed with the no, Rams. But I, I didn't. I, did. I don't want to be that guy. I didn't. I, but well, that's different. You you do. You are closer to him than me. But I didn't want to bother him because I know he said yeah. his phone went nuts with people NFL guys. Well, I'm not an NFL guy, but extremely extremely excited for him. Um, yeah. A few years ago, I think I reached out to him. Um, maybe when he retired, but you know, yeah. I checked in on him. Might have been more recent than that, but he's um, it, 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 it's fucking insane. It's just yeah. a crazy, crazy so, story. The funny thing is, so I checked in on him. Might have been five, six months. Just send him a note, right? Hey, man, I'm thinking about you. Utah doing something on TV, yeah. and I always remind him of this game when I went to an Aztec game, the Sky Show. They're playing Utah, yeah. <laughs> and this little fucking shit for Utah is just running all over the field. I'm everything. Like, Punt returns, everything. Yeah, and I'm like, who is this asshole? Yeah. And then they drafted him, and you know, I've told this story. Like, I would know because he told me, like, hey, I'm, I'm listening, driving in. 
So I would intentionally always say, you know, Chargers won, you know, 2017. They won 34-17 if they didn't have skillet hands at safety. Hey, man, I'm hearing this. <laughs> so my phone, <laughs> oh, God, sorry. You know, it's all jokes, yeah. right? Um, but it's really funny. Like, I had thought about him probably about three weeks before he signed. And I was honestly just going to reach out to him, kind of similar to what we yeah. had done with Brett, and said, hey, man, you want to just come hang out and yeah. talk NFL, the whole thing? And then I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll do it as we get closer to, like, this past weekend. Yeah. And so then he, he signs, and, and, um, and I ironically happened to be at that game. And, yeah, man, I mean, it's just like, you know, you, you just, it, it's what I was explaining to Julie over the weekend is I said, you just, you meet people. Yeah. You're lucky enough to meet people. And for me, like the first guy that I think of uh, is Tony. Yeah. Tony uh, from that Padre team, Tony, Trevor, Caminetti, Boach would probably be the guys that I look back at and just, I'm so appreciative of that. From the Chargers, the guys that I look back at, the first guy I really remember for this show that was such a difference maker was Rodney because Julie and I were talking. There there were so many guys on those Charger teams that were not very good that would hightail it out of the room. And, and look, Junior was one of those guys, honestly. But you and I were in a different situation because we were doing Monday Night Football at the restaurant. Yeah. So he'd come hang with us every night. But I understood the frustration of others. Um, and I talked about it with when he wouldn't come on Hank's show. Uh, but Rodney was always stand-up and, and was always great. Yeah. Really intense dude. But, man, that one of my all-time favorite guys. And I used to always say to Bauer, man, how cool is it for you that you had a chance to wear Rodney's number? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but then, uh, but easily... Easily the guy that I was closest with on that team was Weddle, and it's yeah. always been that way. And so, yeah, and the nice thing was, you know, I, I mean, I don't have to rehash it, what he did for my buddy's son, but Trotter uh, reached out to me today, and he said, hey, man, I'm, uh, I'm going to write a story on Weddle for NFL.com. What's your, what's your Weddle story? So I called, and I said, well, I got two. And I shared the story about, you know, my buddy passing away and Eric being there. And I said, or my my person, I mean, that's insane what he did. But I said, my from a football standpoint, my favorite is when we were doing shows out of camp and Rivers sat down with us and just right at the end, I go, hey, I got a question for you. Would you rather throw three interceptions to Jason Verrett or one to Weddle? Verrett! And I go, yeah, because <laughs> I knew the answer. Yeah. Shoot, I don't want to listen to Weddle run his little mouth for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I go, oh, that makes sense. And I immediately, if you remember, we were up on that balcony. Yeah. And Weddle's down below, and I yelled down to him, and he just cackled that cackle, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, that that's somebody that, uh, and David's funny because yeah. he was on with Petros and Money today. Right, he'll probably waste his time and go on with Darren. So seven people hear it. Um, that's all. Good. I don't give a shit. Go on wherever. But it's the personal inner t 
turmoil that I'm fighting right now, which is do I text him and go, hey, man, are you available at 730 Wednesday to jump on with yeah. me and Dave um, for tomorrow night? Or do I fucking wait till it's all over? I probably do it. I don't yeah. give a fuck. I just don't want him. So I think what I'll do is I'll text him. See if you can grab him. Yeah. See if he has time. If he doesn't, fine. But if he has time, that'd be awesome. And I'll go, look, man, if you want to wait till it's over yeah. and look back, I get it. But if you got 10 minutes, because um, he's always fucking around with us on Twitter, yeah. I'll say, hey, if you got 10 minutes, you know, or 15 to just talk about what this has been like, because, you know, for us personally, uh, how excited we are. We'd love to have you. Yeah. So, yeah. And I would think this week would probably be easier than next week. Exactly. Right? Next week's going to be insane. Yeah. I mean, a week ago, a week from today, it's going to be media day. It's going to be fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, hey, one quick thing for anybody NFL fans where you kind of forget, like, it's all just going on, and I know everything sucks in L.A., but the NFL Fan Fest is going on this weekend. I'm yeah. actually taking my kids up there on Sunday. It's only like 20 bucks a ticket. Yeah. So it's at the L.A. Convention Center. And I don't know if you ever got the chance to come out and be a part of it uh, when the Super Bowl was here, but it's kind of a cool it's thing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. You and I have been the, a bunch of them. Yeah. LA Convention Center. Yeah. Uh, so 20 bucks uh, going up there this weekend to check it out. Awesome. That's good stuff. Are we doing a show tomorrow then for sure? Well, I'll, I'll text him. What time is it? Right now it's uh, nine o'clock. I'm not going to text him right now, but I'll text him in the morning. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we'll be down here one way or the other because we owe you two shows. So right. we'll we'll come down and do another one tomorrow, and maybe, uh, maybe uh, we can get Weddle on. Good deal. Hey, want to mention uh, Dan Williams, Bar Smart 2-Minute Tuesday. Well, today as we do the show, it's Tuesday, so you know there's a brand-new video from Dan Williams. Dan's, of course, wants to keep you up to date of what you can do. As we just talked about earlier in the show, the inflation's going nuts. And at the same time, what's your situation with work? Many of you just heard about people asking to take pay cuts. Look, where are your finances? Are you in debt? Make sure Dan Williams can help you be debt-free. Also, get you out of the rental market. Find your first home. Dan Williams has so many answers to help change your life. You're crazy for not calling him. It's 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Yeah, we're lucky enough, and I, I would think probably a lot of you as parents have done the same thing, uh, where you have put money away. You put money away for your kids, and you start when they're born, and then all of a sudden you get to a point like where our kids are now, they're freshmen in high school, and you start looking and you go, well, that's some pretty good money that's in the bank. And one of the things we're going to ask Dan for in the future on those two-minute Tuesdays is, hey, should we leave that money in a savings account? Is it something where you go, maybe we should invest in the S&P 500? What happens if the market adjusts right now and they're three years away from college? Is that a huge risk? Should you do CDs? Should you have money in a savings account? Can that affect kids if they've got 20000 in a savings account? Does that impact college loans? Do they still qualify for grants and scholarships? That's why it's so important to have Dan and his team on your side because, yes, they can help you establish credit like I was able to do using the Borrow Smart Repay Smart program that allows you to buy a car or helps you buy your first house, but it also allows you to do different financial things that may not be so much about you, but be about your family. That's why we encourage you to go to DaveAndJeffShow.com because right there you can get the link to the videos that Dan's putting out. The third one in the series out today. Check them out. Very short, very educational. Watch them with your kids. 
and everybody can learn together. Absolutely. Brian Curtis, you want to talk to when it comes to purchasing that new house. If you've never bought a house before, if you're in the market to sell your home, and then you want to get the most for it, and then you want to move forward for the right neighborhood, make sure you're calling Brian Curry. He's also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, make sure you call Brian Curry. He's the guy with a ton of answers as well. Might as well deal with the best in the business with something that's so valuable to you. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Yeah, talking to friends over the weekend that are buying homes for rental properties and talking about the challenges of, oh, screening people, right? Oh, how do I figure out um, who I have stay here? What do I have to set up? I said, you have to hire a property manager. Yeah. And we always take about buying your home or selling your home. But I think a lot of you are looking at using your home as a rental property and you don't want to be involved in that. You just want to be able to cash the check exactly. and know that when you come back, your property is going to be in the same shape it was before the, the visitors came into town. And I tell you what, Dave, boy, oh boy, if you would have talked to me on Friday, we wouldn't have even made it to the fifth anniversary of the podcast. <laughs> A lot of you know, I've talked about it for years on this show. One of my great dreams is making the 2026 men's downhill team for going on in Milan. And if Brian Curry had been part of that trip, I probably would have used uh, the money that I have in the bank and I would have invested in a small property in Winter Park, Colorado. I would have retired from social media so I wouldn't have to watch uh, Kenyatta and Erica anymore <laughs> tell me how much fun they're having at the Seals game. So I could put my complete focus on winning the gold medal in 2026 and dedicating it to the memory of the late, great Spider Savage. Former downhill skiing <laughs> sensation that was murdered in 1976. I don't know if Andy Williams had a role in it. There's a whole lot of questions that are unanswered. The only two guys in the entire world outside of the Spider Savage family that are interested in this story are me and that wet mop, Pete and Point Loma. <laughs> Pete is a wet mop. He is. What the just, fuck's his problem? Oh, he's just a bore. You know, if, he, if Pete was a pro wrestler... I don't think that he'd be Iron Mike Sharp, just the ultimate jobber. But he's borderline. He's not quite Rick the Model Martell. He's better looking than Rick Martell, but he's not that. I'm just thinking about guys. He'd be, uh, who's the guy, Dave, that wins three and loses seven? <laughs> that would be him. Pete's coming out with the green, with the green tights. With the green singlet? Yes. He'd be the guy. Already in the ring. Already in the ring from Parts Unknown, the Great Destroyer. Ah! Just yells to the crowd. <laughs> like, shut up, jerk. Yeah, he is just one big tired act, isn't he? Good God. Anti-freeway. What the uh, fuck's his problem? He hates everything. <laughs> just hates everything. That's what I said. He's just a wet mop. That's all he is. One big bore. I'm trying to think, Dave. Who is he? When you think about, like, Mike McCoy would be bored by Pete. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mike McCoy would point at Pete. You're boring. <laughs> Why does he send us this shit on Twitter? Here's another picture, Dave and Jeff. Before the five freeway. 
Balboa Park, Bankers Hill, and the five freeway ruined it. Why does he send that to us? Because he knows we love it. Jesus. We're so dumb. We love all that stuff. I love every bit of it. It's so d- dumb. Look what we've done. He was on. I love that when you look at his boring Twitter profile, it writes in capital letters, I am not from Coronado. He's a liar. He's a compulsive liar. I've been to his house. I've stayed at the guest house. Uh, is He called me last night. He said, hey, if you need a car, I'll send my guy. Uh, he'll pick you up. He'll get you home. I said, Pete, that's beautiful, man. I can't ask you to do that. He goes, ah, car's going to be out. I'm going to be down at Symphony Hall down there. I got to make a donation. Tells his driver only take side streets because he's boycotting the yeah. five. He said, I'm going to drop myself off. I'm going to drop Ballard Smith off. And by the, time, <laughs> by the time you land, I said, no, nah, man, I'm good. Thanks. He goes, all right. He said, uh, we're, we're ready if you need us. He said, Garvin's available with the car if you need us. Alan Taylor, Taylor May Pools. Look, the pool time is coming. Everyone's sitting there wondering what that perfect pool looks like. Alan Taylor has ideas that you can't imagine. You got to call Alan Taylor, find out what's coming, and also get on that calendar. Also ask about available financing. Alan Taylor's your guy. Taylor May Pools, that number is 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. I don't know how many people will understand this reference, but if you've ever seen the movie with the Stones, Give Me Shelter, it's uh it's filmed at Altamont, uh, Altamont when uh, when the murder takes place okay. because the Stones make the brilliant idea to hire the Hell's Angels to work security. And there's at one point in the movie, I don't even know if they're playing Gimme Shelter or whatever they're playing, but there there's an unbelievable couple of minute sequence as a cameraman who is positioned kind of right by Charlie Watts, the drummer is looking to the right of the stage. If you're facing out to the crowd, they're looking to the right. And there is this Hell's Angels with this full mustache and beard that Dave, this guy is so high that he just keeps, like, he's almost like howling like a like a wolf at the moon. And this was, I found myself doing this for the last six days as I would step outside at, you know, whatever the fuck I was at, 82,000 feet. And uh, and I would do that same move, right? Just to see, <laughs> like, your entire breath, right? You're just, oh, oh. And so I was, uh, I was saying to Julie yesterday, she drops me off. I go, yeah, they're going to think I'm that goddamn Hells Angels guy when I'm standing in the middle of San Diego and I can't see my breath anymore from the cold. You'd be like, dude. I got 5150. We're going to get that guy in. <laughs> and so, yeah, after being in negative 10 weather the last couple of days, to walk out today and have the weather be as gorgeous as it was, you go, this is absolutely tailor made pool weather. Well, the <laughs> pools aren't made in a minute, shithead. Alan and his team need a little time to design it, need a little time to build it, and need a little time to cut the ribbon. So go to DaveAndJeffShow.com, see what your neighbors have done, find the right pool for you. Kyle Flukers, you want to talk to when it comes to your website? Is your website working the way it's supposed to? Are you getting the traffic you're expecting? Kyle Fluger can help your business today. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Man, oh man. You go to Denver and you figure on vacation. And uh, our friend Julie Brownman, our friend Dave Logan. Yep. Uh, raving. 
about the job that Flugs is doing for their website. Yeah, how about that? Love it. And just uh, one of many that have said thank you for directing us to Kyle and his staff because they have done an outstanding job with our website. Awesome. And it could be something like Dave and Julie are doing. They're doing the Dave Logan podcast and they needed a website for that. They're not selling shoes online. No. Or doing anything else. They just needed to get the word out about the shows that they're doing up there. And uh, if you're a Broncos fan or football fan, remember Dave, awesome dude. Uh, We invite you to check that out, but check out their website too. Another one beautifully designed by Kyle Fluger, but they could not say enough about how quickly anything they need, Kyle's on it. And man, if you are dealing with a website, that is something you need, a webmaster that can help you uh, in a timely manner, and nobody better than Flugs at doing that. Here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going February 1st. We only have uh, three of them. One of them's okay. no longer with us. We'll start with him. Okay. We'll start with Rick James. Rick James. How about uh, the story that Rick James, Stevie Woods put this out today. Rick James was supposed to be at the... Sharon Tate house. Wow. And he turned it down. And Steve wrote, that's probably the only party Rick James ever missed. <laughs> I didn't figure he'd be old enough for that. But they said, yeah, he was invited to that. I think. Yeah, he would have been old enough. 69 or 68 yeah. or 69. Um, I'm going to say. So I'm going to say that Rick James today would have been 78. 74. So he, so he's born in 48. So he would have been 21. Yeah. At that party. Uh, I was invited to a party. I would have been at that party. There's no way I was turning down a party with uh, Sharon Tate. No, me either. Or Sharon Tay. Or Sharon, Sharon Tay. I'd go to a party right now with Sharon Tay. Not even lying. Um, I got a Sharon Tay story, but I can't even share it here. Fuck. I'll remember to ask after the show <laughs> this time. Tell you what, you walk in the room, Sharon Tay, your watch stops. Yes. She was my favorite in L.A. Is she still working up there? No, but she's she great on Instagram. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Does she not work in media anymore? I don't think so. I think Damn. she's doing real estate. Really? Yeah. I like that Ann Martin, too. <laughs> I did. Even though uh, Paul Paul Moyer was a little rough yeah. on her. Uh, hang on. I got to tell you how much Rick James is worth. I'm going to say $24 million. No, dude. 250000 Fuck off. No way. <laughs> what are you talking about fuck off for? Because Rick James was doing better than that. 250 grand? Yeah, she sells real estate. Yeah. That's the 250,000. Fuck. Brian Curry's my guy. Followed by Kathleen Bade and Jeff Dotson. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking right. (laughs) Fucking right, dude. And now me, if she accepts me. Oh, is it private? It says private. We'll see. Oh, God. And she said yes to me? I know. Oh, fuck. Fuck, you cried during the Weddle thing. I may just cry right now. <laughs> Dude, you got to watch the Weddle thing if you get a I chance. Will. It's on, uh, I tweeted it out today. It says best thing I've seen all week is what it's under. But you got to watch. You'd love it, man. All right. Well, I won't tell you. You won't cry. cry. I know you won't cry. No, I'll tell him you cried. Go ahead. You could tell him I cried. I'll tell him, yeah. I was shocked myself that I cried watching it. <laughs> I'm going to tell him you cried watching that thing. He's got like, I did. A, like, I'm going to bring it up got tomorrow. Got the dog next to me. I'm laying in the bed. I'm just looking at this thing. I'm crying. Like I'm watching the champ with Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> Jesus. Wake up, champ. I call and tell him, hey, you want to come on with me and goddamn whoever else? What guy? Who's the guy that used to cry all the time? Oh, my gosh, dude. Um, oh, Marty. Marty Schottenheimer. Yes, Marty used to cry. I was trying to think of our guy that used to cry all the time. Yeah, I'll tell him. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Come on with me and Marty. <laughs> All right. Next one on here. Lisa Marie Presley. God damn, Dave. I started watching that Janet Jackson thing the other day. Yeah. We were watching that late at night. Pretty good. I haven't seen that one. I watched a Terry Bradshaw though one today that was pretty good. That's on HBO, yeah, right? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It's worth watching? It's worth watching, man. All right, I'll watch that one. He sings through it. Talks about his relation with Burt Reynolds. It's not yeah. bad. Dude, he was the man. Yeah. And, uh, dude, i tell you. All right, answer me this. In those days, 70s and early 80s, like Terry would, Terry would throw. Like, uh, we always talk about guys in the bar. Dude, I'd want Terry on yeah. my team. Yeah. He's a, he's a tough dude, right? Oh yeah, Louisiana guy. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's 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 good, man. It's Joko Starbuck. He talks about that whole thing too. It shows pictures of them and all that stuff and video. Is she still alive? I don't know. I don't know if she's still alive. I just it, it it's good, man. He talks about. Do you think Steve Verissimo dated JoJo Starbuck? I probably. bet he did. I don't. Yeah, probably. Probably threw her one. Probably took her to see uh, Starland Starland Vocal Band. You guys, it's an <laughs> afternoon delight. <laughs> Took him out there. No, the the Bradshaw thing's good, man. I I, I think you'll enjoy it. I, I think, think Steve you'll enjoy it. took JoJo Starbuck to the rest Rusty Pelican, yeah. and then to the Ronnie Millsap concert, <laughs> <laughs> and then closed it. The fucking guy's the man. I love Stevie V. I don't oh think. I wonder if my guys like Pointer Dave. Stevie V always has good stories. He's a fucking closer, I hope all true. dude. I hope they're all true. You better not ever question him again. If, what if we'll he throw tell, water what on if your he live tells microphone? You, he did exactly that. Took her to the Ronnie Millsap concert, and Ronnie pointed at him and winked. Would you still believe his stories? Yeah, I would. <laughs> and the Rusty Pelican. <laughs> the Rusty Pelican. Jesus. Ah, I think I'm in on that. Okay. I'm going to say, I think, um, who? Lisa, Mar- Lisa oh. Marie Presley. So the point being is that they showed Lisa Marie when she was married to Michael. Yeah. God damn, what a looker. She's not that old now. No, I'm going to say she And I is, think the money's wrong, by the way, on here, before uh, you guess. Yeah, I'm going to say she's 54. Exactly right. And I'm going to say it's $500 million. It says $16 million. Bullshit, dude. She's the, the she's only there. heir. Yeah, that's what I thought. And Priscilla, it's her and Priscilla, dude. And they said she's made, where Elvis has made more money dead than alive. She yeah. has to be close to $500 million. Dude, if not closer to a billion, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, come on. You're the lone uh, heir to the Elvis estate? Yeah. Yeah. The 16 million seems bizarre. Dude, they're not giving the fucking money to who's that guy that handed him his scarves all the time? (laughs) I'm giving it to that also. All right, last one. She's been on the show in studio with us, Rhonda Rousey. Dude, cool. You know, Rhonda, Rhonda was so great to deal with at the start. And, man, she. She's a really interesting story. She came back to the WWE the other night. Did she? She's back at the WWE. She's really, really cool. Like, uh, and they just, you know, when everything happened with the, before the Holly Holm fight, yeah, and then what happened in the Amanda Nunez fight, I just think they just ran her ragged, and eventually it just broke her. But she married our buddy Travis Brown, used to train out of Alliance down in Chula Vista, another great dude. And uh, and now living her best life. God, this is funny. How old is she? Could you sleep with Ronda Rousey? Like, would you be afraid she'd put you in an arm bar if you fucked oh, up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be it. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. tapping up. That's what I'm saying. You could give better effort. Arm, yeah. arm bar. Arm bar. <laughs> Choke. 
Dude, she's a judo champion. I know. It scared me every Dude, time. She told, every time I'm like, this better be A plus, otherwise I'm gonna break my arm. Dude, she told a great I think she told this story. I think she told this story on 1090 when she came in with us. That when she was a kid, because I love the story. We brought it up. Cause Quadros and I brought it up when we had her on, and I think you and I brought it up too. That when she, her mom's a judo champion yeah. too. And her mom would wake her up when, when Rhonda was like eight or nine by like putting her in judo holds. I was like, how do you get a good night's sleep? She's like, I never did. My goddamn mom, as soon as I fall asleep, is just putting me in the figure four <laughs> arm bar. God. And her mom's like, yeah, I did all the time. Always be ready. Um, God, I think Rhonda's, Rhonda maybe 30. Oh, well, let me think about this. That's 2012 when we had her in. Yeah. So that's 10 years ago. I think Rhonda's going to be 36. 35. 35, okay. Money's interesting because the bookkeeping in the UFC yeah. is always... Questionable, yeah. Questionable. I'm going to say that they have her down after endorsements and everything else. I'm going to say they have her at 12 million. Close, 13. Yeah, I'm going to say 12. I think the number's higher yeah, than that. Yeah, I'm sure it is. There's, I just, I saw that. How would you like to be the IRS agent that meets her face to face to question her money? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah, I'll pass. Because Travis, her husband's about six eight, and pretty goddamn good martial artist too. So, yeah, but she came back over the weekend into the WWE. That's awesome. So, good yeah. for her. Yeah, I liked she, her, man. When she was, yeah, she's she was cool as shit. This, and we had her in before she was super famous. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, uh, we, that she was cool. So we had quick UFC story for anybody that follows UFC. So when I was at clinch gear in 2010, we sponsored Misha Tate. People yep. remember Misha. She was a former UFC champion, but at this time her and Rhonda were fighting in strike force. So there was a card going up. I think it was in Fresno at the save Mart center. And we were sponsoring Misha Tate. Aaron Creasy will, our, our buddy will confirm this, as will Nick Albert, who it actually happened to. So Misha was upset with the top that Clinch Gear had provided for her. So at that time, the offices were down, uh, gosh, probably like not far from the police station, right at like Broadway and whatever that is, like 14th, I think. And uh, remember our buddy Pat from Ombak? Yeah, That ran Ombak forever? It was like right by where Pat lived. And okay. he went... I think we pre-partied at his house. So like two blocks from there. So Misha Tate getting ready to fight calls Aaron and Nick and says, Hey, my top doesn't work. It's not this. So these guys go in at night, nine o'clock at night. I think it was like Friday night, reprint all the gear for Misha. And then Nick drives from San Diego to Fresno, right? Fuck. All new shit, like a sports bra. And the night of the fight, she comes out, and she's got it on, but then she's got another one covering what Nick just fucking brought oh, to her. Oh, Jesus. So, like, anytime Misha Tate gets the shit beat out of her, there's, like, a group text. I can't text Nick anymore because he lives in London. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry for Nick's baby. Nick's girlfriend <laughs> just got the shit beat out of her. And on the other side, when we sponsored Rhonda as she was coming up and we needed her for clinch gear radio or any of those things, she was fucking outstanding. And Aaron dealt with her a lot more than I did. And, and Nick dealt with her a lot more than I did, but I know they'll confirm and She's really cool. So if you see that 
you know, how she was acting for the Holly Holm fight. Like I said, the Nunez fight. Man, they just put a lot on that kid and eventually yep. it just fucked with her. But yeah, now she's taking about a year and a half off and living a good life. So good, good for her. Good deal. All right, here we go. Five random questions. I mean, completely random. Okay. When you were a little kid, this is the question kids, people would ask you or kids would ask you because this was an important question. Okay. What's your favorite color? Favorite color was always blue. Okay. A certain color blue or just blue? You'd say blue. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't sky blue. Uh, I remember seeing this highlight of an old AFL team, and I was like, <laughs> It's probably the Oilers. Oh, that's who it was. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, there was always a darker blue. Okay. I did like... Is that Dodger loving you just said? No. <laughs> uh, darker blue than the Dodgers, not quite dark blue as the Yankees. Got it. The Yankees, was like, you look at it, go, it's not black. Yeah. How many times you look at their uniform? What'd you have? Looks like Royal blue. And that was, oh. I don't think it was just because I was a Dodger fan, but it was blue. It was blue. Now, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the current ones. But the old school, like Fran Tarkenton, Carl Eller, Alan Page, Chuck Foreman. Yeah. Uh, Ahmad Rashad, Viking jerseys. That color purple was great. There you go. But now they've gone to the lighter one, and man, not my favorite. All right. When you were a kid and you were asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? What was your answer? It's a great question. Ah. I probably, I probably honestly, till I was about 12, Thought I had a very, very good chance of replacing Rob Wilfong as the second baseman of the Twins. You want to be a baseball player? Me too. Yeah. I love Butch Weiniger. Butch Weiniger was yeah. my favorite player growing up. And it was funny. Uh, Uber driver yesterday that I talked about was Cuban. Yeah. And his father played for the Washington Senators in their minor leagues. And so we were talking about Tony Oliva. And I was saying, yeah, as a kid, I had the opportunity to go out and see the Twins. And Harmon Killebrew... Rod Carew, Tony Oliva were on those teams, right? And But I said, yeah, my guy was Butch Weinecker behind the plate. So, yeah, you'd always want to catch. But I knew my limitations. But I was like, well, fuck, I hit better than Rob Wilfong. <laughs> so the infield would have been Rod Carew at first. Yeah. Uh, well, it would have been Mike Cubbage at third, Roy Smalley at short. Yeah. 12-year-old me at second. Yeah. Uh, Rod Carew at first, Butch Weininger behind the plate. Harmon Killebrew would have been our DH. Uh, we would have had Pete Redfern, Dave Goltz. Um, trying to think of some of those other guys that we had. Uh, Roger Pug Erickson would have been probably our one, two, three. Uh, and Jerry Kuzman. Yeah. And then uh, Mike Marshall coming out of the pen. Look at that. And then Lyman Bostock, Larry Heisel. And I'm trying to think. Was of, Ken Landro on that team? Oh, Kenny Landro may have been on that team too. Yeah. So, yeah, we could have been, yeah, pretty deep. Uh, oh, I know. Fuck. Goddamn Bombo Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it. like such a fake name, dude. Dude, Bombo Rivera was the goddamn man for the Twins. <laughs> Show him respect. Show him respect. All right. Have you ever had to yell scream? Or, excuse me. Have you ever had to scream help, excuse me, in your lifetime? Have you ever had to <laughs> yell help? Oh, that's funny. Help. Um, that's funny. I don't think so. No, not like that. Yeah, me neither. Not like, like, like goofing around. Like when you're, like when you're, you know, wrestling with a, yeah. you know, your buddy 
get you in a figure four and you're screaming and you're trying to get your other buddy to help jump in. But no, have I ever been in a situation where yeah. I felt like I was being buried alive and I needed somebody to help? No. Dude, I was watching, uh, I think it was Dateline or whichever the one's on it, on yeah. CBS the other day. And the girl on there who needed help, they said, couldn't scream her entire life. In her vocal cord, she wasn't able to scream. Oh, God. And it literally cost oh. her her life. Oh, God. I yeah. can't take that stuff. Is that worse the, than that uh, Twilight Zone you talked about? Yeah, no day. kidding. I don't like that. All right. I'm not happy right now. If you could tell your teenage self one thing, what would it be? Oh, I like this a lot. Um, Teenage self, one thing. Oh, oh, definitely. You know, like he could goof around, dude. I, I would have said, how how far back can I go? 13? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I would have told 13-year-old me, pay much more attention to your education. Absolutely. Because I just... Dude, I had so much fun in high school, but it really does impact you later. Yeah. And I'm so proud of my kids right now because my kids are a lot like me in the sense that they hate algebra. Um, but they're at Helix, which is great. The teachers there have been really, really good. Um, but I, I'm, my kids are so far ahead of where I was because in ninth grade, good. it was just go to any party you could find, go to every sporting event. I mean... We were playing football, but we went to every basketball game, every wrestling meet, right? Wow. Any, anything we could do because it was yep. just so much fun. And grades, ah, nobody gives a shit. Uh, yeah, that would have been the one. And then the other one that I would have said to 13-year-old me is, hey, try to meet Eddie Mueller at San Diego or figure out how to meet Eddie Mueller because eventually he's going to be Eddie Vetter. And if you're buddies with him, it may work out to oh, your benefit. <laughs> may work out, maybe. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, fuck the grades. Uh, rule one: meet yeah. Eddie Mueller. <laughs> Push Jack Hamblin out of the way. Tell Jack Hamblin, uh, a buddy of ours, get the hell out of the way, Hamblin. You big tall son of a gun. Yeah. And then yeah, become friends with Eddie Mueller, and then uh, learn to play the drums. Oh my god, my my two things would be. Don't stalk Nicole Eggert? No, I 100% don't regret that now as her and I have become friends, <laughs> which yeah. is still blows my mind, is uh, save as much money as you can and in 1998 buy as much Qualcomm stock as you can and sell it. <laughs> what about 90, Apple? And sell it in 99. Yeah, but I was Apple was before my time, before I had even had any money. And then, uh, and then sell it in 99. And then when you hear this jackass Jeff Bezos say he's an idea for a thing called Amazon, oh, fine. jump in. Nobody would give him twelve thousand dollars to even get that thing started, dude. Right? And jump in on that, and then that's all you need to know. Those two things are all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> and, the... and don't listen to someone comes to you and says buy as much AOL stock as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. If you were offered the position of mayor, the way Coach Contreras is all the time, as he says on his show, they ask him to be mayor. Mayor, all the mayor time. of what? Fucking, who knows? Mayor Dumb Dumbville? He always says that. Oh, people say you should be mayor. I'm, who? <laughs> what? Yes. If you offer the position of mayor, would you take it? Oh, yeah. I could run this town. <laughs> and you couldn't this. fuck it up anymore. Dude, I, I just, I would have, I would have no patience at all. Why does coach say shit like this? <laughs> Why does he do that? You know, people say to me all the time, coach, you should run for mayor. Good afternoon. What a 
what a pleasure to be here today for this debate. Holy uh, shit. My opponent is running on the idea of filling in all the potholes. Hey, you know what? Potholes build character, okay? One of the things I learned during my time at Texas Tech was, hey, you take the good with the bad. I'm open for questions. <laughs> Mayor McDumdum right there. I tell you what, the Lucadian would become a goddamn national treasure like it belongs. I love Coach, man. I'd take Coach over that goddamn moron Gloria. What the fuck's going on? I'm up in Denver. I look at my phone, and they said there's a whole homeless encampment down on Midway on Sports Arena Boulevard. Like, all of Sports Arena Boulevard is a homeless encampment. Is that right? How do I know? I don't go to that. That's Pete. Pete's down there all the time. Pete hasn't been in Point Loma in 20 years. <laughs> go ask him. He's at the Gulls games, the Seals games. Shh, he doesn't see anything. They drive him in. They drive him down the tunnel. <laughs> he walks out in his terry cloth robe, goes to the game, sits down there, <laughs> eats goddamn canned anchovies. <laughs> Ignores everybody and leaves halfway through the second period. <laughs> yeah. He takes the back oh way out. Oh, my God. All right. So we're coming back tomorrow, correct? Was that five questions? That was five. Five fast ones. Fuck. We've been here an hour and a half. Ah, oh, shit. I got to go. I'm so tired. Yeah. Uh, you were. I'm going to uh, I'll text Weddle. Yeah. And I'll see. That'd if be he, awesome. Well, we'll see if he even replies to me. He will. will I tell you, you know what's crazy? Speak of this. The craziest one I've ever texted somebody was Bochi when he won his first World Series. Yeah. Dude, within three minutes of the game ending, he texted me back. That blew me away. You know, I'll text him too. Yeah, have him come sit down though in here. Well, I, I know he's been spending a lot of time in Nashville. Yeah, I know. On a house in Nashville. <laughs> Josh said it's so fucking cold right now. I said, dude, I know you don't want to do it, but you got to get a scarf. It makes a difference. Uh, and he won't no. get a scarf because Elston wears these scarves. Yeah, I and, went, I and I go. I know we goof on him, but he goes. It is so fucking cold that every time I pull the car out of the garage, I apologize to my car. <laughs> I'm I, sorry to do this to what, you. What jacket does he have? Dude, he doesn't dress warm. He does. He doesn't dress warm. He hasn't figured out. He's still dressed like a California guy on a on a cold night in California. I tell. This is my one quick tip, and then yeah. we leave. He needs, he needs gloves, a good jacket or coat, yeah, and a goddamn scarf. I tell him all the time. All right, I got, I got gloves. Literally at Target, and they work great. But I got to thank the dudes at Big Five, because I went to get a jacket. Did I tell this story last no. week? So I went to get a jacket, and I said, hey, I'm going to Denver. It's freezing. And the guy goes, hey, man, I got the jacket for you. It's a Columbia jacket. Yeah, Dave, this thing looks like it's got the thickness of, like, a golf jacket. Okay. But the inside of it is like that Area 51 metal. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to Pebble Beach to play the back nine like I'm goddamn Ben Crenshaw. I go, I need something. He goes, dude, I'm telling you, this is the jacket. It was like 80 bucks, and I was in, you know, minus 10, wind whipping around, doing all that shit. It was insane. Good. Best jacket I've ever had. So, Josh, if you're paying attention... Just go find that Columbia jacket that you got. You know, like when guys finish the marathon and they throw yeah. that heat the blanket tin foil on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Goddamn thing was like eighty bucks, and I wore it every day, and it was great. And we took it uh, down the hill, rolling around in the snow. 
Fuck, man, thing worked like a champ. So I know most of us stay here in San Diego. You don't have to go to the cold weather. But if any of you are going back to New York or Toronto yeah. or anything, shit, if that goddamn thing didn't work, great. Good. You could just go get gloves anywhere. So, all right, I'll uh, I'll work on Weddle, and maybe we could talk to him tomorrow night. All right, good deal. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Sneaky backstreet door, I laugh so hard.